welcome to another action-packed uh, episode of the Poorly Made Police Podcast. Uh, I am your host. Uh, we're going to go with Bill today. Thank you all for joining. I know you've all, all million listeners I have here have anxiously waited the release of episode four. I know you're sitting at the edge of your chairs. A couple things before we get going. Uh, today we'll have a D.C. area cop on to We'll just talk to him about what's going on in D.C., things like that. We'll try and keep it, I don't know, we could probably talk for hours about all the shit at the Capitol. We'll try and keep it cheeky and fun. We'll see how that goes. But before we really get rolling into everything, um, I want to thank the Georgia Police Canine Foundation. Uh, they're uh, the first sponsors of the show. You guys heard it last week, so um, I appreciate them supporting me, so let's support them. Uh, Georgia Police Canine Foundation is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that assists active and retired law enforcement canines by providing protective equipment and vests along with training and training equipment. They've assisted over 1,500 canines in their mission efforts. Not, are you not in Georgia and still need assistance? Contact them and they can get you in touch with uh, various organizations to get what you need. That can be leashes, Kongs, heat alarms, vests. They can point you in the right direction. So uh, check them out. I'll send, uh, put a link at the end here. So thanks to our uh, friends over at Georgia Police Canine. It is greatly appreciated. I'm excited to get rolling. Uh, I've had a lot of fun with this. I've gotten some pretty good feedback so far. Um, some people don't like it. That's okay. Uh, most of you do. So I'm going to keep rolling with this. I'm going to try and do it at least a couple times a week. Hopefully I can turn this hobby into something more, and I don't know, I think there's a need for this. So, uh, I've got a very unorganized list, but if you want to be on the podcast and you want to talk about your police experience, you want to bullshit and drink some beer, uh, DM me, I'll get you on the list. Uh, by the way, I want you guys to know, I spend a lot of time editing this podcast, and it's generally not you know, fucked up shit that said, it's usually me saying, um, and, you know, hopefully, um, you know, as I get better at this, we can knock some of those out, but without further ado, anyway, if you want to support the podcast, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your ex-wife, tell your, uh, baby mama, tell everybody, let's get the word out there, buy some merch, um, there's other ways to support the page, take care of the sponsors, all that good stuff. So, uh, in mere moments, our uh, friend from uh, one of the departments in the D.C. area will be joining us. So, stand by. All right, and now uh, joining me, the moment you've all been waiting for, my good friend from the, uh, well, I'm not going to say what department, but in the Washington, D.C. area, our good friend, Jack Meoff. Did I pronounce that right, sir? Uh, yes, uh, for the most part, it's Meoff, you know, kind of like uh, David Hasselhoff type oh. of deal. Are you related to the Hoff? I am not related to the Hoff. Okay. You know, I think I got my chin from him. That's I got it. it. Yeah, I wasn't. I saw that last name, Mihoff, um, and I thought, boy, is that like Russian or German? I just I couldn't figure it out um, for the life of me. Well, anyway, Mister uh, Mihoff, thanks for uh, being on the show. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself to our millions of listeners? Oh yes, millions. Um, yes, my name is Jack. Uh, like you said, uh, Washington area police department. Um, I did not grow, grow up in what is affectionately known as the DMV, DC, Maryland, Virginia. Um, I grew up in the great white North, 
um, where there's snow abound. Uh, but I came down here because uh, I, it is more free, surprisingly enough. I've always wanted to be the police from a young age. I think uh, even one of your guys the other day said, uh, everybody says that they want to help people. That's definitely part of it. But what other job can you drive fast and carry a gun? Oh, yeah, man. You, you drive fast. You shoot guns. It's, it's amazing. Um, so uh, tell me a little bit about your career. Have you worked for more than one agency? Uh, no, I have only worked for uh, my department. Um, I actually started with an internship with them, as ironic as it was. Um, internships in DC, I've heard, can be a little interesting. Um, they are, are, your knees, are your knees okay? Um, my knees are a little bit sore. Any um, But it, it, it got me up into a police helicopter. So, you know, it, it is what it is. Awesome. So you said you always wanted to be the police. Um, you know, we drive fast, shoot guns, all that good stuff. Was there anyone or anything that influ influenced you to get into that job for this job? Um, not really. I mean, I grew up in a military family, so it was either some kind of civil service. Military wasn't really the route I wanted to go, but I had always, it, it, it had always appealed to me, you know, you know in every, in every uh, shape of it, you know, the, in the back in the olden days when you could actually do police work, um, that was always fun. And then now that we can't do police work um, and we're armed, we, we say we're armed report takers, um, you know, that part of it sucks, but every once in a while, there'll be a flash of uh, some of the good stuff. So it, it makes it worth it. Definitely, man. The, the good stuff is, well, that's what I miss about the job. So what kind of assignments have you held um, throughout your career? Are you currently on patrol or are you doing something else? No, I'm in patrol right now. Um, we all, uh, everybody that's in patrol, they're all part of a civil disturbance platoon that had goes to all like the riots and stuff. But I'm in patrol. I've been trying to get to one of the specialized units, but I don't know how long uh, I'm going to have to wait for that. I, I mean, there's, uh, there's a jillion people that always apply every day. Patrol is just right now with everything that's going on. I mean, it sucks for a lot of people, but in DC, they don't want you to do anything. You know, they, they have actually, the city council has been like, we, we just want you to go and take reports and show up. They don't want anything out of you. A lot of the citizens don't want anything out from you. They want you to show up and take reports. So, I mean, our work has been super easy. So I've done that. I've been in a, I guess you could pseudo specialized assignment for a little while where we got to run and gun before, I guess you could say before George Floyd. That was, that was really, I think that's the, the fine line of like policing where policing changed, I think for everybody. I disagree. But, uh, the, the Ferguson was the fine line. Did you start uh, before or after Ferguson? Yeah, that, that like, it, I think, well, I did the, uh, the little specialized unit in between there. Okay. So it was, it was a point where it was apparent to everybody, but they weren't up in arms yet. I feel like after George Floyd, everybody got up in arms about it. Before that, people knew about it. They didn't like it, but they weren't up in arms, at least in my experience so far. Fair enough. So it's interesting that you said that the people don't want you doing anything because I, I felt, at least in my jurisdiction where I work, that eventually I'll probably slip up and say, if not edit out. We'll see if that happens. But the people would get frustrated because you'd show up and basically, you know, be like, all right, I'm going to take a report. I'm going to look into this. I'll dig into this kind of thing. And uh, I, I think people had gotten used to a different way of how we did 
did things before. You know, we were more like, all right, we're going to go check the area. We're going to go find them. And that wasn't a thing kind of towards the end. It was really more like, all right, well, we'll take a report and see what happens. Uh, you haven't really got any pushback from the citizens who want more out of the police department? Um, you know what? I would say one in five, maybe two in five. You know, right. it's, it's, it's gotten to the point where it's as sad as it is us showing up and taking a report and telling them a detective is going to call them that's become so normal that i mean we've been doing that for years at this point you know we will we'll canvas and we'll do whatever but then if anything um if anybody steps out or anything happens everyone is always there to say oh why did you do that why why are you doing this why are you doing that you know it's not to say we don't make an effort you know there's always you know we it's a big city you know, because yeah, I work in, in D.C. is a big city. So there's, oh God, we're short every day, but there's still people. So you can have more than one officer per assignment. So I'm there taking a report, but there's always somebody going around. They're going to look in. They're trying to do whatever they can do to help out. But a lot of the times it's just, here you go. Here's your report numbers. Sorry, that sucks. Yeah, that's kind of modern policing anymore, uh, unfortunately. So obviously because you're a cop in DC, you, you have some insight, in not just to the capital, um, but DC has kind of been a shit show in the last year. Um, but before we get to that, let's, uh, that's what you call getting people to hang on for the story. Is that what yeah. they do on radio shows? I don't know. I, I think so. I'm, I, mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't do, I don't do radio. I'm not, I don't have a voice for radio. Oh, neither do I. Uh, so everybody likes, you know, war stories and things like that. Um, rather than getting to a good old war story, what's the funniest thing you've seen at work as a cop? Um, well, PCP is a hell of a drug. Oh, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll start with that. Uh, most of my stories start with PCP. Um, there have actually been a couple of hilarious PCP incidents. One of my favorites was, um, I, I think I was a couple... A couple months out of training, I went to uh, a guy high on PCP that was like flat, flopping down in the street. So, of course, it's a wrestle to get him in handcuffs. But this was like February. And so in like the DMV in February, we don't get like snow. We'll get like two weeks of snow and then it'll all just melt or just be slush. I'll never forget. This guy was so high. He was laying down like turning his face towards the ground and drinking brown gutter slush. <laughs> like salty, road grimy gutter. And we were like, oh, dude, don't we would like tip him up so that he would be on his side. And then he would like lean back down to like drink the gutter slush. But what are you, what are you doing? Oh, this is just so gross. I mean, so I've actually had coworkers that have accidentally gotten high off of PCP. That's always hilarious. How do you accidentally get high off of PCP? <laughs> well, gloves, uh, well, so in DC, um, if you have liquid PCP on you, it's a felony. But okay. the code says any measurable amount. So if they see, if they've got liquid PCP on them, that comes in these little vials. Like, you know, the vials that you always see the guys that are like selling uh, like essential oils or like cologne. And it's in those little, little bottles on the blacktop. That's what it is. Okay. So they have those. And if they see us, they just dump them out because it's not worth the felony. 
you know, if they dump it out and we don't have a measurable amount, we can't charge them with the felony. It's only the misdemeanor. Yeah. And DC, like U.S. Attorney's Office, is like atrocious for like actually actually prosecuting. So most of the time they get nothing, or they'll get like probation, or they'll get like time on the box. Like it's not a big deal. Misdemeanors are not a big deal. So I actually had a buddy who is no longer on the force. So I'm going to enjoy telling this story. Um, you can pet smell PCP a mile away. So him and his partner, they like stopped this dude and the guy immediately put his hands in the pocket of his coat and he's like moving around in there and they're like, get your hand out of your pocket. And he wouldn't do it. So my partner grabbed his hand and pulled his hand out and his hand was soaking wet. Like PC, he dumped, he'd reach into his pocket and dumped out the vial of PCP in his coat pocket. So my, my buddy reached in and had a PCP all over his like hand. And he said, he was like, oh, you know, I like kind of wiped it off. Cause like, what am I going to do in that moment? We got him in cuffs. We're getting ready to lock him up. He's like, I'll never forget. <laughs> he was trying to take the guy's shoelaces out. And all of a sudden his, it was just tunnel vision. And all he could see was shoelaces. <laughs> he yeah. couldn't see anything else. And he was like, oh, this is not good. <laughs> to get taken to the hospital, high on PCP, sat there for like four hours. Man, this kid, this kid had a full beard. When I tell you he looked like a homeless man when he came out of the hospital, <laughs> he was, and they let him drive home. He drove home. I said his beard was all in a, in a mess. His hair was like everywhere. And he always like put gel in his hair and like combed his beard. Disheveled mess. It was absolutely hilarious. So for our listeners at home, because I'll be honest, I didn't run into PCP. I I ran into like a lot of crack and meth and all that stuff. I didn't really run into PCP. So the liquid itself that coming in contact with that, you can get high. Yeah, you can. Yeah. So transdermally, you can actually get it just on your hand. A lot of, a lot of times what they do in DC is they'll, um, they'll sell single cigarettes and then you, they'll take the piece, they call them dippers. They'll dip the cigarette and the PCP and then they'll smoke it. And so that's how, that's how most of them get high off of PCP. The, and so everyone with liquid PCP, they're all dealing it. Okay. Fair enough. That's, uh, that's good to know. Yeah. So there's a, there is an educational moment here on the poorly made police meets podcast. Oh yes. Anyone that knows anyone, anything about PCP has seen a penis. Well, like, I mean, I don't know anything about PCP and I've seen plenty of <laughs> nobody tells you when you start police work how many fucking naked dudes you're gonna see oh my god oh wrestle naked dudes i've got i've got human i've had to throw out gloves from human feces on them it's absolutely disgusting yeah this they, it, they call it buck naked for a reason yeah it is a disgusting job at times um <laughs> all right so let's get into the let's get into the the nitty-gritty the dirty parts of this yeah so um let's talk about dc so dc has been kind of fucked up and even before the capital they were kind of on the forefront as far as uh the defunding type movement so i mean as a cop in that area what what is what does defunding really mean to the guys on the street so it the biggest thing for us is that it means there's no change like they say defund the police and we don't see any difference every day except for like losing guys through attrition. So we're actually in a hiring freeze uh, up until, oh man, I want to say it was like a month ago. Um, 
they were not hiring any new officers. And we were losing officers um, for, to retirement and like people leaving, going to different agencies um, or just like quitting. We were losing 40 people a month. And since the start of the riots last year, we lost like 300. Wow. Yeah. Like, and, and in that time frame, we didn't hire any new, we had new officers coming out, but they're like classes of like 20 and it's like 20 people a month. So we've been in, we've been losing net officers for like six months to the point where um, I almost have 10 years on and at least once or twice a week, it's me and one other guy in our service area. Like, what, what would be typical? Uh, like at least four or five. Okay. That's rough. I mean, it's, I, I could go on the stories, but I, I remember, you know, especially as things went on and well, everybody knows I'm from Colorado now, but as things went on, there just wasn't cops. I mean, you, you go, you look at the schedule in the morning and you're like, okay, this okay. is it. This is how this is going to go. And yeah. there wasn't, you know, there wasn't an expectation well, they, they'd say like, all right, you know, just take your time on calls and shit. But then they get on the radio and be like, hey, are you done with that call? We, <laughs> you want me to do an investigation or not? We, we had that the other day. I mean, we were, well, I mean, it was a newer, newer lieutenant. You know, it was, they actually had to pull an officer from another patrol area um, to assist me and this one other officer who are just going to handle the whole area. And that day, um. In all of like our patrol area, which is normally like a hundred officers in like within 24 hours, we had like 25 people. Wow. So it like we like we were just the runs were piling up. There's and for some reason the white shirt was like, oh, you know, well, let's, let's clear, clear up some units and like get them all. We're like, come on, like cut, cut us some slack. Like I was, it was me. And one other guy. And then we had like a motorcycle officer. That, like the term white shirt. That's an East coast thing, right? Is that the brass on the East coast? Is yeah. It- so yeah, that's a Lieutenant or above. It's the easiest. Cause so for us, for MPD, at least, I don't know how it is everywhere else. You're unionized. Well, except for Virginia, obviously, cause they don't do unions. Um, you're unionized as an officer and as a Sergeant. But as soon as you become a, a Lieutenant, there, you're like uniform of the day, you wear a white shirt, and you're no longer in the union, you're in the white shirt mafia. So we, <laughs> that's even the citizens, oh, I want a white shirt. Well, unfortunately, you're not going to get one. Interesting. So I guess the first thing I'm going to touch on is as far as like the riots and things in DC went, um, I mean, was it, you know, on the street, was it as bad as it looked like on the news? Um. Yeah, uh, I would say it's worse. Uh, so for us, for us out here, like we saw everything, you know, um, I, I don't know how much of it permeated throughout the country, but like I, I have, I have good friends that like, they almost broke their shin getting hit with a brick, like within the first like month he got hit in the head with a brick. Um, like it was, it was insane. Like we, we would have things Hold thrown on a second though. I thought these were very peaceful protests. Oh, oh yes. Yes. The peaceful Molotov cocktail that I had thrown at me. Yes. 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 Quite. Oh, with the love. 
<laughs> thrown with love. Yes. I think they were trying to warm our hearts and souls. I think is, is probably what it was. There you go. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it was, it was absolutely crazy. There were times that we didn't do anything. I mean, there were times that we literally like rode around and followed people marching all day long. Like that's it. They would like march around and, you know, pigs in a blanket for frying like bacon, you know, fuck the police, you know, whatever. Or like, and then they would like yell at citizens. So it was shenanigans. It was shenanigans every day, but it, it, it definitely tapered off in terms of craziness as the year went on. But that first like two months, that was brutal, man. Yeah, I bet. I mean, even where I was at, you know, nowhere near Minneapolis, neither is Washington, D.C., but it was, it was crazy. I mean, the way cops were treated, that had nothing to do with anything. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll, we'll jump a little bit to the Capitol incident on January 6th. And that's kind of where we started talking is I, I posted a, a now infamous meme. <laughs> and uh, you sent me a message and you're like, hey, man, uh, here's what's up, which I appreciated. Um, and, and for those listening to the podcast, just to clarify it, I'm not going to get into the fucking politics of it. The point... I was trying to make is I don't like that people were just pretending that bad shit didn't happen to cops and, and people were like, Oh, well, they're just glorified security guards. Are we okay with security guards getting assaulted now? Like, look, I, there's, there's bad shit that happened in the Capitol. Are there plenty of fucking questions? Yes. Is it okay to criticize some testimony? Sure. It's America. You're good to do that. My biggest issue was that people were just flat out pretending none of that shit happened. When it did. Yeah, I mean, that was that should happen to cops. That's that's kind of that's kind of my bottom line with it. It it was definitely crazy. I mean, I had a uh, a coworker tell me uh um and, and I'm gonna pass it on because it's probably one of the funniest jokes I've ever heard. He uh um it was a Virginia State trooper, um, DC Metropolitan Police Department officer and uh, Capitol Police officer. They all die, they go to heaven. They go uh they go to St. Peter. St. Peter goes to the uh, Virginia State Police officer. He goes, he goes, welcome, my son. He's like, what, uh, what have you done to, uh, to come into the gate and uh, earn your, earn your way into heaven? And uh, State Trooper goes, oh, you know, I kept uh, Virginia's highways safe. I stopped drunk drivers. I issued citations to people that were breaking the law, you know, and uh, I, I even helped a couple of people um, just that were stranded on the side of the road. St. Peter goes, welcome, my son. Come on in you know, you, you've done a good job. He goes to the MPD officer and he goes, you know, what, what have you done to uh, earn your place in heaven? And the MPD officer goes, you know, I, I've served in Washington, DC. He's like, I answered the call for service every day. It's like, I help people. I handled violent criminals. Um, and I made DC a safer place. And he, St. Peter goes, welcome, my son, you know, come on in. He goes to the Capitol police officer and cap police officer puffs up his chest and he goes, you know, I served the United States Capitol Police. I protected the nation's capital from all forms of violence and uh, to terrorism. And St. Peter goes, oh, you know what? Excellent, man. You know what? Oh, come watch a gate. I gotta go take a piss. <laughs> That's fucked up, but that is funny. Classic. <laughs> Every everyone everyone in DC regard uh, regards them as as exactly that security guards. But you're absolutely right, dude. They, I would I would say at least if you were on the west side of the Capitol that day, you were busting your ass. Um, if you were on the east side of the Capitol that day, 
I would say like half of you were busting your ass. The problem was there was thousands of people there. I think there's one video. It's like literally a thousand people like shoving on a bike rack. And there's like five Capitol police officers trying to hold them from like running over this bike rack. And three of them are like <laughs> chicks that are under five, six. Like it, they were severely understaffed and they weren't prepared to like, to handle that. They just weren't, you know? Well, and, and I'm not going to dog them because ultimately it's the, it's the, uh, the brass. Like if, if you're, if you're a, a Capitol police officer and you're kind of the grunt, you show up to work, right. And you read your brief, you do whatever. Uh, the people that fail them are in the higher positions where, you know, if they're, you know, I don't fucking know. I'm not on the internet all the time except to make it memes. I don't know if it was pre-planned. I guess it was. That's what the word is. There, there's got to be better intelligence, right? I mean, what if this was some kind of foreign enemy, right? So there was plenty of it. And you're, you're exactly right. Like if it was something that they thought was a threat, I'm sure that would have been worse. The problem, there were two problems with this, with this sixth. Problem number one was in November of 2020, we had the Million MAGA March. And it was like tens of thousands of Trump supporters came out and did nothing. They marched around, they did whatever, but they like stayed where they were supposed to stay. They didn't do anything. They just like protested or whatever, you know? And then from that point all the way up to the sixth, it was like a very small group of people that were trying to fight Antifa. A lot of them, and I'm just going to dime them out, were Proud Boys and they were literally trying to fight Antifa and we weren't going to let them. So then they got all pissed off at us. And then the six came around and they're like, oh, perfect. There's a ton of Trump supporters here. We're going to start fucking with the police and hopefully they'll back us up. You know, and we knew, again, I don't know how much information permeates throughout the country. We knew that they were going to be there and we knew that it was going to be a shit show because the weeks prior they were screaming in our, the, uh, Proud Boys were screaming in our faces, telling us how we had betrayed them and that they were going to fight us, you know, and the Washington Post actually put out an article with the former Capitol Police chief went to the Senate at arms and went to the House at arms and was like, I need the National Guard. And they were like, mm, nah, no, you don't. And th so they were short staffed. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. You know, and to be fair, I, to be fair, I had, not, I had not, uh, by the way, if you're ever a guest on my show and you don't play along with that, I'm fucking <laughs> deleting the show. Um, yeah, I, I actually hadn't seen that article. So that's, you know, an, another, you know, a failure of people in leadership positions getting, and that's, that's cops all over the country is we'll ask for shit. And they're like, nah, you don't need that. And then some dumb shit will happen. And we'll, we'll fucking told you we needed this, we you know, whatever it may be. So it, it sounded like it was, I mean, it was a shit show over there on, on the, on the. Oh, it was, it was absolutely a shit show. So I, I've been working for just shy of 10 years. I'm not a big like OC spray guy because the stuff that we used to use, it was like, it would get everywhere. You know, if you sprayed it, you smelled it in the air, it'd, it'd get all, all over the place, you know? So if you sprayed OC spray, you were going to get sprayed. So I'm just like, fuck, fuck it. I'll just fight you. Like, not a problem. Um, I wrestled in. Oh, so in spray is the devil. I'm just, it's. Yep. <laughs> well, the stuff we have is worse now. It's like, 
we used to have 0.2. No. Yeah, we had used to have 0.2 OC, and now we have 1.3 after the sixth. Oof. So, yeah, because I like I had never used my OC before. I emptied my can that day. Like it was it was crazy. <laughs> I'll never forget. I'm standing there. We're like pushing back against this line. We're on the west, we're on the west side of the Capitol, which is where the majority of people were, which is where all the fighting was. My platoon showed up and we were immediately sprayed with bear mace. Like immediately. I, I watched my BWC footage. I wasn't, I was on the steps for 30 seconds and we all got sprayed with bear mace. So it was an absolute shit show. I emptied my canister. We had this one lady that kept trying to come up and we're like, you cannot come up here. So we'd push her down and then everybody would get up. So, oh, you're pushing the lady. We're like, you, there's a police line here. You're not just going, we're not just going to like let you walk through a police line. So we push her down probably like the third time. She comes up the steps and tries to like grabs the fence, grabs the fence and tries to like pull it down. So white shirt comes in and just hoses her hoses her down with oc spray she slumps down to the ground reaches into her little fanny pack pulls out an aloe vera leaf (laughs) 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 snaps the aloe vera leaf in half get some of that aloe vera and we just like push it like mushed it into her eyes my lieutenant was like, you're done, you're Dini Decon. She was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> like, smushing out of air in her eyes. Oh, my gosh. Wow. It like, hilarious. Uh, hilarious. And it was just like an absolute shit show. Absolute shit show. Yeah. Broken glasses, everything. It, it's just disappointing that, you know, the yeah. cops, we always fucking get caught in the middle of this shit. Yeah. Always. Absolutely. It doesn't matter what the fuck it is. I guess I can't say we anymore. It's kind of hard not to say we because I did it for so long. But you you get caught in the middle of it. It doesn't matter fucking what it is. Something happens across the country. Something political happens. It's somehow we're all kind of this combined thing. I mean, you could be some fucking podunk officer in the middle of fucking nowhere. And it's like, you're part of the system. And he's like, how dare you? <laughs> what, like, what the fuck, man? I'm some hillbilly that fucks his sister. I got to stop making that. It's fault, right? Cousin, sorry. No, uh, if anyone, if anyone from my department is listening, they're immediately gonna know who I am when I say this, but I have to say it anyways. Um, I'm standing at like in the grandstands, right? We're trying to get people down, and I see a dude with a Bills hat on. You know, I'm like Bills Mafia. So I see him. I'm like, hey man, Bills Mafia. And he was like, he's like, yeah, a storm is coming. I'm like, what, what are you? He's like, look at all these people. I'm like, dude, what? We're, I'm trying to like, we're, we're escorting you off peacefully. I'm not beating the crab out of you right now. Like, get out. You're trying to de-escalate. Like, I'm, I'm trying to de-escalate with this dude. And he's just like, Rrr! and I was just like, it was, I think I told you um, when I messaged you, um, it was just disappointing. More yeah. than anything else, it was disappointing to see um, conservatives react in a way that I had never personally seen them react before. You know, I mean, I'm standing on the steps of the nation's capital where in any other day you would never, never walk up and be like, I deserve to be in there. I'm allowed to be in there. No other day. Would you say that's okay? And then they were, they're walking up to me on a police line going, you're a traitor for not letting us in there. Like what? Dude, it's, it's wild. I mean, and like, if you followed my page 
for any amount of time. Like it's obviously like I'm a pretty conservative person, man. I'll, and it, do, it doesn't matter though. If I, if I post something conservative leaning, which I try to avoid because you know, we're here for the memes. That's why we're here. Yep. Yeah, um, right. Then I, you know, I got the left leaning cops all up, up my ass, but fuck man. If I say anything <laughs> I Trump, like I was pissed off that a cop killer got um, clemency. And yeah. I made a meme about that and people are like, well, they're kind of justifying it. And I'm like, fuck, like, don't be so blinded by like who, like we can question anybody. Remember that right or left, right? No, absolutely. Fucking question everything. Don't fucking some stuff. You don't take a side, right? Like make your own decisions. Don't, don't let politics make your side. I mean, I'll, I'll never register for any party because of that shit, but um, happy talk. Let's talk about happy, happy, happy talk, happy talk. Um, now, I meant to talk to you about this earlier, and I, I just got to warn you and my listeners, I'm really drowning this pickle dick whiskey, so I'm fucked up. <laughs> this is going to get fun. Um, but this isn't that fun. But I, I'm super curious because D.C. obviously is is not a uh, it's not a state. What is, what is it considered again? Um, it's, it's, so it's a, di- it's a district. A district, um, right? Yeah. How does how does the court system work there? Um, you know, because there's is there like a, a state attorney or city attorney or like how, how do you charge things? Like what level of courts do you have? So we actually have um, like two different. We have the um, office of the attorney general, the OAG, and then we have the U.S. Attorney's Office, the USAO. So depending on what charge it is, it'll go to like either um, either department for prosecution. So like generally your like social crimes like if you're pissing in public possession of open container all that like bs stuff that's going to go to oag but most everything goes to u.s attorney's office um so for us it's super simple you lock somebody up you take them back to your district you process them at the district they get taken down to a central cell block and then um they go see the judge the next morning and then the U.S. Attorney's Office drops the charges, and nothing happens. <laughs> Catch and release. Yes. Uh, it's, even even if <laughs> even if they don't drop the charges right now, I think my chief sent something out, or not sent something out. He was on the news saying that we're not prosecuting crimes right now. Like there is a six-month wait list for like court times. So what they're doing is like, if you, a perfect example, you lock somebody up on a gun charge, on a fucking gun charge, and like where you recovered a firearm off of them, you lock them up, even if it's a felony, they're going to get out and they're going to be out on the street pending their court date for like six months. Nice. It's, it's, it's insane. It's absolutely insane to me. It's so bad that I was on a scene the other day and we were locking this dude up for um, stealing from the CVS. And that's my favorite place to steal from, by the way. I, I mean, obviously. I mean, especially if you go to yeah. our, our local CVS and you get your Tide, you can get all of your like baby supplies. Are we know, still eating Tide pods or is that over? You don't actually eat them. What you do is you sell them on the black market because it's a one to one sale, there's no depreciation. Oh, I got you. I got you. Just um, like Crown Vic will never depreciate, but go on. Yeah, God, I want one so bad. Beautiful. I'm I missed out on them. Our our department, there was like two of them at my district when I got there. And this was like 2013, 2014. Yeah. When I got on, we still had them, a lot of them. 
we were starting to get the caprices we had like one charger and like only the supervisors had the suvs mm-hmm. and like i everybody wanted the caprice because it was like caprice is fast so oh, i don't know if you've ever driven one so it, fucking fast so fast wait wasn't where was the agency where they were fucking racing drag racing the fucking <laughs> Oh, fuck, dude. I made a meme about yeah, that. that. Was, yeah, that was me, dude. That was our department. Well, it wasn't me, but it was our department. Yeah, fucking retards. God damn. Um, yeah, I made a meme about that. I was like, don't be stupid. Yes, dude. Yeah. Someone, someone on our department made a meme and they put the squad cars in the background of like Fast and the Furious 9. <laughs> like someone's dying, dying. Every yeah. department has a good meme, Lord. It's it's true. Of course. We, I think we have a couple of them. I just don't know who they are um, for good reason, of course. Yeah. Well, you got to keep, here's my problem is I, I think I'm probably fucked if I ever try to go anywhere else, because I think, I think it was a secret when I was there. And now that I'm gone, I think people are a little more liberal. Cause like, I got a message the other day from a dude, like I knew and he was like, Hey man, do you remember me? I used to work with you. And I'm like, fuck, I didn't tell you. God, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> so see i mean i may have fucked myself on ever getting a police job but i guess if they have a sense of humor they may like it i don't know um all right so we kind of got off track a little bit yeah i'll roll real quick because i I didn't mention it to you earlier somebody brought up the durangos and somebody like messaged you about the durangos i'm like oh what do you think about they're fucking garbage okay they're absolutely trash police vehicles now i now i say this at the same time, my department does not know how to outfit a police vehicle. What they do is they buy the like base model of like the interceptor, and then we put our own lights in and we put our own radio stuff in. So it's not like set up how it's supposed to be from the factory. And then on top of that, like the Durangos that we have, um, they're the V6 versions. They're not, which are not turbocharged. Side note, the Explorers are not V8s. They're only V6s and Turbo V6s. My bad. But, I'm um, not a car guy. That was good. I'm, I'm also a car guy, yeah. I'm um, so, yeah, the Durangos that we got, their V6s, they get, like, three miles to the gallon. Um, and when the ones that we got or that they, they purchased for us, when you back up, if you back up too fast and it senses the curb, it hits the, like, brake for you. And it like, it makes like, and like, it's scary as hell. Cause you think you just fucking hit something. Tahos do that cruiser, the Tahos do that shit too. Oh God, it, it scares the ever living shit out of me. I will rather drive the most raggedy Explorer than any of the Durangos. I've actually sat and waited like, Hey, we have two Durangos. No, oh, that's all right. I'll take this like shitty like Explorer that has like 60,000 miles on it. Cause I know it's going to be more fucking reliable. There you go. Well, yep. there, um, everybody listening, now you have the official answer. The Dodge Durango for police car is dog shit. Dog shit. Absolute dog shit. They break down like 20,000 miles. So, see, and that's what I, I guess we're going to keep talking about this. The Explorers seem like that too. It seemed to me, and again, I'm not a fucking car guy. Like, I'm not. I'm just not. I'm stupid when it comes to that stuff. But it seemed to me like the Explorers, uh, like the Axle or, or the whatever, it just sucked. Like it was always creaking and it, it had low clearance. And I, I don't know that. So that is true, but you can drive the fucking wheels off of them. They'll like, uh, we, we've, the way our department works is if I get in a car and I work, um, I work my shift 
almost die myself out there. If I work my shift and then the guy in the next shift, we have three. The guy in the next shift also is using that car. I give the keys to him and he drives it. And then if the guy on the next shift is work using that car, he drives it. And then when he's done, he gives it back to me. They run 24 seven. We have like brand new cars that have like 30,000 miles on them that are like four or five months old. Wow. We, we crush them. And I mean, as city department, we drive like assholes all the time, all the time. I mean, I've, I've, it's, it's been authorized because pursuits for us are like super, super sought after because they never happen. They never get authorized. But oh, I have been when that happens, it is like yep. the greatest thing ever until you get the car. Clouds part, sun shines. Well, not always. So uh, the next thing I wanted to bring up, not police related, but uh, I had a discussion with myself, I think, on a podcast about if it's Yingling or Yuling. I thought it was Yingling. It was with your Jane Doe. Oh, was it? Okay, it was. Thanks for reminding me. I'm glad you know my show better than I do. Hey, you know what? I have to do my research, you know. Um, It is Yingling. It is, in fact, Yingling. Okay, so I was right and my wife was wrong. So that is one to about one million. So yes, yeah. <laughs> you'll you'll be able to lord that for a while. It's your one win. Personally, I can't wait for because Yingling's supposed to be nationwide. I think yes. soon. Um, it was only East Coast. Yeah. I only found out about it about two or three years ago. Um, my grandmother passed away, unfortunately, and so everybody's on the East Coast, and so we all went to the East Coast. We all stayed at the same hotel. And I'm Irish. And oh, yeah. what do Irish people do? We drink. Fucking drink. Hell yeah. We do. And so obviously that's the proper way to deal with, you know, grieving or any other emotion is, is through alcohol. So this hotel we're staying at has a fucking karaoke bar. And so my, you know, my aunts and uncles are, you know, ordering this beer in pitchers and we're just sloshed and we're singing Garth Brooks and shit. Hell yes. And in Metallica, by the way. And I'm like, what is this beer? And they're like, oh, it's Yingling. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And so um I love it. I mean, I know it's probably bottom shelf shit. It's it's you know what? You so say good. that, but it's not. So it is the it is um oh God, you know what? This is this is actually probably not gonna help my argument. Um, I would say it's on par with like buds with um any of like the millers if you're going you know, great white north if you're gonna do, have some fucking blues which is what i have currently like it's i would say it's one of the better like hey i'm just gonna drink some beers you know obviously it's not like a fucking stella or like some like fancy pants like oh i'm gonna drink champagne but it's actually beer but it, 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 it's like, and the reason why is because it's called stella and i'm a man the man's beer just saying that's you're absolutely right it's uh it comes in a fancy bottle but is it good though uh it's okay i mean you know what i'm not like a huge is it wet and doesn't have alcohol in it those are the kind i didn't know where you were going with that initially when you said is it (laughs) i'm like all right delete delete delete." (laughs) we're gonna have to borrow um so yeah so anyway so I, i tried dingling and um also Another beautiful thing on the East Coast is fucking White Castle. 
So me and my cousins, drunk as shit, were walking along a highway in New Jersey uh, to go find White Castle. It was like my version of uh, Harold and Kumar. Yes. White Castle is the best drunk food. I, I don't think anybody can change my mind. Some people say Taco Bell. Taco Bell is not, I don't even know if that's palatable when you're drunk, but so it's- Taco Bell is a like classic go-to. I personally have actually never had White Castle. So I cannot, like, I can't say whether- Are they out there in, in the DC area? They're not in the DC area. Oh. So I think it's kind of like a, like a Jersey, like lower New York City. Cause I'm, I'm originally, like I said, from the great white North. So I don't really know all of the- the lovely DMV things, though I will say, Denny's is actually probably one of the better, like drunk places because I, I do like Denny's. You can't go wrong with Denny's. You can't go wrong with a Denny's. There's and it's open late, and you can get breakfast. Who doesn't like breakfast when they're hammered? So here's the weird thing about White Castle. So I was telling you, I took this road trip. I don't know if this was before we started recording or not, but I took this road trip last year to okay. kind of check out different areas of the country because I wanted to get out of my state and how it was turning. And we ended up in Kentucky one night and mm-hmm. we're pulling into the hotel. And it's like midnight. The kids are like sleeping, starting to wake up because we're slowing down. They're all crying. And I see this bastion of light. And I'm like, what is that? It's a fucking white castle in the middle of Kentucky. What? It's one more the rest of the trip. It was just right there. And I'm like, I know it's late. I'm fucking getting white castle. So my kids were like crying and I'm like, Oh, it'll be fine get to the hotel room and my kids are like this tastes like shit well they didn't say shit. <laughs> i was like oh no this is good my wife tries it she's like what's wrong with you i'm like this is amazing so i don't know next time you see white castle go to white castle but probably yeah, yeah. just saying i'm i'm you know i have always wanted to go and now that i'm looking like of course you know google the best i'm like they're like nowhere i pulled up the whole east coast and there's like they're by New York City and then like fucking Cincinnati, Ohio for some fucking reason. So yeah, I was pretty close to Ohio. I mean, I think Kentucky, Ohio, they're all close together. It's separate. Once you get in the middle, it's just kind of mushed together. It is all kind of mushed together. All right. So we got our yingling talk out. Um, Before we get into, so we got a couple things we got to get into. Uh, I posed a question with a meme about some FTO stuff and that fucking went crazy. So this is a three hour episode. (laughs) Um, and then we'll see what's in there for the AMA. If we got some good questions or not. Um, but first, uh, before we do that is, um, there's my, my, ums. I got to fucking knock that shit off. So a guy generously donated some money so I could give some swag to some people on the first episode. I had mentioned that I really want to take care of guys and if they're doing good shit or, you know, whatever that, you know, tell me and we'll get it out. And after that went out, guy hit me up and he said hey i want to get your guy you know the guys some shit and so i put a nomination thing um on facebook and instagram um a couple days ago and i got blown up and so i've got you know we're gonna give away shirts and mugs and all kinds of stuff until we get rid of not until we get rid of but until we run out of money so thank you to the anonymous donor that uh, did this so and i want to preface too like you know the guy yesterday or a couple days ago you know, he got shot at, um, this feller here was in some shit. I'm not just going to pick people that have, you know, almost died. Um, I'm going to pick regular cops too. that just, just happened to be who got picked. So without further ado, the message I got for our nominee says, hi, I'm nominating 
Trooper, we're going to go with Andy with MSP. So there's a little bit of a mystery there. I'm sure there's like a million MSPs. He has saved countless lives by acting fast, including his own. Uh, I chose this badass story to share. He worked undercover on a narcotics team for a couple of years. One night he went to buy some dope, but unfortunately it was a setup. He waited in the car. Two men came up to him on each side of the vehicle. One slid inside and pulled a gun on him while he was uh, the other reached the window and started searching his pockets. The rest of the team couldn't see him and where they were, they, they missed the code. So he was trying to give away his code that he was in trouble and couldn't hear it. Um, luckily he acted quick, was able to get his gun out, never giving up the money, not getting hurt. And they were able to get both these guys arrested and nobody was hurt. So, and I think he deserves a nomination. He absolutely loves your memes and he has just about every one of them saved on his phone. So that's not the only reason I picked him is because he likes my memes. I uh, reached out to him. He picked out a shirt. We're going to have sent it out his way. So everybody at home, give him a nice round of applause. I'm sure uh, he can hear you and he will appreciate it. Uh, so like I said, we'll keep doing this until I run out of money. I think I've got enough nominations, but if something else comes up, I may throw that out again. I'd really like to keep this going. So, you know, if it can get to a point where maybe we can find some money to do this, I would love to do that. So we'll keep that up. Anyway, uh, if you want your own poorly made police memes merch, and, uh, you can always go to my Fuck, I fucked that up. I'm going to edit that out. Don't you worry. But <laughs> if you want uh, some of your own poorly made police memes merch, uh, links on both my pages. Go buy something nice. Help support me in the page and the podcast. So we'll get into the FTO stuff. There, I got a lot of messages and there's a lot of stuff in the, the post. So I, unfortunately, I can't get to everything. So you're not uh, uh, Mr. Jack me off. You're not an FTO, correct? Correct. Uh, almost. And then COVID. Oh, COVID fucks everything. Um, of course. So do you have any FTO horror stories? Um, oh God. Um, we have, there, there have been countless times where we've, we've had FTOs hide from like actual police work. I mean, my, my whole thing with being an FTO is your job is to get your rookie in the fucking shit. Yep. Uh, like that's literally your job is to get rookie your rookie in the shit. I'm I mean I've met a couple of guys that are, that are phenomenal FTOs, and then a couple of guys were like, I'm not sure why you are actually doing this. Well, um, I learned something, and so the meme was kind of making fun of the guys that do it just for the money. No, nope. as it turns out, uh, a lot of places don't pay their FTOs extra. I didn't know that. Um, we just started actually. Yeah. So you're saying your department does not pay their FTOs extra or they, they just started? So they, they revamped our FTO process. When I went through, it was you were with um, one guy for through three different guys, each for a month. And then every day he like literally filled out a piece of paper and he checked off boxes. And on the back, he wrote a few like did anything good or like put his notes or whatever on the back of it. And then at the end of your FTO period, that went into a folder, which I, for some reason, still have. And then Dude, I've got all my shit. I have it in a locker and I, I just have all of it. I saw it the other day. I was like, why do I still have this? Like my first arrest ever. Um, but they, they like, when I went through, you just fill out a fucking piece of paper. Now it's like, it's like four months. You go through all these different, like, um, points they have to like when you start out you're not the like 
one car, you're the three car, and then they like kind of ease you into it and you can't go to this. And then you do go to this and you do reports. It's like a whole thing now. And they like, the FTO has to fill out a bunch of shit online, but they do that now because you're getting paid $6 an hour more that you're every hour that you train. So, so my department, I, it was like over the course of the years, it was like five or six or 7% over the course of the year, but it was all a year, even if you weren't training. And so people saw that as like, Oh, I'm going to make some fucking money doing this. And, you know, count the overtime in for being an FTO. Kill money all the time. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, Jeez, it's fucking money boat. You know, here's the fucked up thing is, is they still couldn't get people to do it. Um, yeah, exactly. Especially towards the end. I mean, before they could get some people to do it, it, but you know, some people wouldn't leave the program because, you know, they'd be probably be good supervisor, but they're like, no, I make way too much money being an FTO. I would make less as a sergeant. And so yeah. they wouldn't, you know, they would just kind of stay in that, um, in that role. Bracket. Same for us. You actually make, you make less. If you're training every day, you make less. But for us, you only get paid while you're training. And my FTOs, I don't know why the fuck they would ever do it because they got their quote unquote compensation was every week, full week that they were an FTO. They got eight hours of like leave. That's it. They didn't get paid. They didn't get anything. That sucks. I mean, comp, comp, that's fucking terrible. Comp time is always fucking good, right? Because then you don't have to be at work. But nope. you know, and and we could probably talk hours about FTO. And I'm not the first person to say this, but the FTO is probably the most important position on the police department. Oh, it it hands down is the most important because it sets the tone yep. for that officer's entire career. Like I can actually tell you officers that are currently working, I can tell you who their FTOs were based on the level of shitbag that they are. Like the, the level of slap is based on your FTO. Like I had FTOs that I, my first day I got in the car, he was like, you like to run? Cause you're gonna, you know, like he would, he would drive, he would hit alleys, left, right, left, right, left, right. And then he would be like, where are we? And I, and if I had, and if I didn't know, he would make me get out of the car. He's like, I just <laughs> shot. Where are we? He'd make me run to the nearest like intersection where I could read a sign and like give the address. That was, that was my oh, FTO. Yeah. FTO is now they take you somewhere and you, you sit in a fucking car until the runs come out. Cause they don't want to get hemmed up. Yeah. Unfortunately that's, and I hate to admit it, but that's kind of the safe thing to do now. Yep. I mean, for us, I don't know how it is everywhere else. We have a probationary period. And if you fuck up within your probationary period, they can just fire you. They don't, they don't need a reason. They can just fire you. They'll be like, oh, you fucked up. You're fired. That's fucked up. Yeah. Well, they so, probably can't fire anybody now because they need people so bad. <laughs> they, they would still fucking fire people on principle. But yeah, I I have, oh Jesus, um, I have had coworkers that have handled scenes and have been cleared by internal affairs and it's gone up the chain and the white shirt has said, no, 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 no. They need to get, they need to get punishment in case this hits the news. Then we can say we gave them punishment. That's swear to God. It's literally, it's literally happened. I I have a buddy that got days. He got days. His suspension days off of some shit like that. 
So I got this here and I'll read it verbatim. And I know that's super boring to read things verbatim, but this is a pretty funny story about a FTO horror story. Oh, now yes. we're talking about reading things verbatim. I always hated, I don't, do you guys do like briefings? Like we everybody do. shows up at the station and they brief you for like the day, like, Hey, here's what's going on. Here were the big things last night. Hell no. Ain't nobody got fucking time for that. They, they okay. put us in roll call. They say, here's your assignment. Get the fuck out on the street. We're short. Nice. We, we have days like that, but not all the time. But we, we come in and like they, you know, read emails or go over policy. And it was really usually just like a big bitch fest yep. um, for everybody. But I always hated like when supervisors came and like read emails verbatim. And I'm like, we, we have those. We have the email. Like you don't have to like, you could be like, hey, just check your email about this. Like I have it. Like I can read it myself. That's that's what they do now. So we I get the emails like to be read in roll call. Yeah, we don't have time for that bucket. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Read, read. Hey, you got an email. Read it. Yeah. So uh, here's the the story that came in, and I read this a couple hours ago, and I'm like, this is God. This guy's fucked up. So here's the story. So I was a brand new cop four years ago in FTO. My first week, first death notification. FTO said he would do it, and I would watch. So we go in this house and tell the mother that her son is dead. Her son is in his thirties. So she got word uh, and we got word from a different department. Naturally, she doesn't handle it very well and is crying. A few seconds later, dispatch calls my FTO and said, it may not, it may be the wrong guy. So this lady's son may not be dead. My FTO decided to tell this lady that her son may not be dead, but we aren't sure at the moment. So she gets super excited and is pleading with us to tell us, uh, to tell us that her son is not dead. FTO then gets word that he is indeed the lady's son who died and tells her that her son did die. But wait, there's more. Uh, Yeah. Then uh, what do you do? You know, it's confirmed that her son, then what do you know? It is confirmed that her son is actually alive. And she calls him on the phone and talks to him standing on the porch. So standing on the porch with this lady waiting to see if her son was dead or not after we told her all the different stories was maybe the worst moment in my life. Looking back, it's hilarious, but it wasn't funny at the moment. Needless to say, the FTO is now a supervisor and he's just as bad. Oh fucking soup God. sandwich, man. That is fucked up. That's super fucking funny though, man. That Holy is, shit. That is so fucking funny. Do you remember, uh, I don't, man, I... I've had, I had a death notification that was just, I'll be honest, like that was one of those calls that like always fucked me is, is basically this, this guy, me and my buddy, good buddy of mine, we went, uh, we were in two man and we went over to this guy's house and, you know, we got this notification, basically his wife was in a car accident out of state and had died. And, you know, we went and told him and, and, you know, sat with him for a while and we're like, Hey man, do you need anything? He's like, no, I'm okay. But you could obviously see that he was just blown away. Dude, that's a fucked up thing to tell somebody is that I can't, you know what? Lucky me. I've actually never had to do that. I, I, I it's fucked up, man. It is fucked it sucks. up. It sucks a lot. I can, I can only imagine how like rough that shit is because for us, I mean, we deal with that shit every day. I mean, like you see a fucking dead body. I was, I was an intern. When I saw my first fucking dead body on the department, like you see, you see dead guys more often. Than you see naked guys. I would say. Uh, yeah. 
don't know. Maybe, maybe not. You know what? PCB. I'm going to keep that high pitched squeal in, by the way, too. That was- <laughs> you should. You should. It's, it's accurate. It's- yeah. I, man, I, I can have a podcast of like dead guy stories. Oh, oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. You know, somebody said something to me. It was actually, it was a, one of our um, crime scene people. And they said, you know, it's never pretty, is it? And I was like, nope, it's not. It never is. Um, it's always fucked. It doesn't matter, young, old, um, you know, somebody that, you know, was on their way out anyway. It's always fucked, man. Every you, know what's, you know what's terrible? I don't know how the computers worked um, when you were on. For us, we can, we can look at each assignment and we can read the notes on the assignment before we're assigned to it. Yep. There has been more than one occasion where I have read foul odor. I've just been like, nope, nope. Uh, yeah, go ahead and send me that disorderly. Nope, 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 nope. And in retrospect, you're like, uh, that's probably a dead body in there and you're ignoring it. But is it going anywhere? Probably yeah. not. I mean, somebody's going <laughs> to find it later. I mean, that sounds like a great, great call for day shift, doesn't it? Oh, that sounds like a perfect call for day. You know what? They're going to go there. They're going to hold themselves out. They're going to be there. You know what? They're probably going to get breakfast on their way there. Yeah, totally. It'll be totally fine. So I got to be honest. I kind of fucked up. I had some more questions lined up from messages, but I'm a disorganized fuck, so I don't have them. So if uh, I responded to you and I said, hey, I'm going to read that, I may have forgot or lost it. My apologies, but I am drunk and it is poorly made. So uh, we're going to get into the comments here real quick. And I don't want to spend too much time on this because I want to get into the questions. We have a couple of those lined up. And I'm going to edit this awkward silence out. (laughs) Or am I? Uh, Yeah, so a lot of the comments were about Oh, we got people that get paid. Oh, this is a good comment. This is probably not anything to do with FTO, but it's pretty funny. Guy comments, I shit you not. We have a written policy that says you cannot unhandcuff a suspect and encourage the rookie to fight. I guess it is FTO. You cannot (laughs) encourage the rookie to fight to see if he has what it takes. We have to have that in writing. You know what? That's not not even a little bit surprising. That's a great Great. I've heard so I gotta be honest, man. I'm really drunk and I'm like, well, this is my focus here. <laughs> I don't even know what we we're talking about. Well, I don't even know what we we're talking about either. It's probably great for radio. Um, I feel bad, man, because a lot of people commented on this shit. And I'm like, I could probably spend like 10 fucking hours going through this shit. But here's a good one. Uh got forced into FTO one day. My trainee drove us to the project so uh she could show off her new uniform and badge to her homegirls. I climbed in the driver's seat, faked a call, drove back to the department, and booted her out of the car in front of my, my lieutenant. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. This is a good one here. This is a this is a great FTO. So for all you aspiring FTOs out here, here's a good one for you. Uh, when I finished my training, we were being pressured to do an FTO course when we had one year of service. Thankfully, I managed to dodge it until two years. Uh, one day during my first year, we received a call to attend a domestic. Not enough to justify lights and sirens, but it sounded a little hairy. My FTO pulled over five cars for speeding and issued um, infringements on the way to the job. After two hours, we were further away from the job than when we started and calmly <laughs> asking where the hell we were. 
Fuck, I hate that shit. I would fucking get so mad when there were dudes, like, some shit fucking call was pending in their beat, and they're like, yeah, uh, put me on traffic. And I'm, I'm like, you motherfucker, you probably just stopped a parked car. Yep. You know? And everybody knows what you're doing. And like eight hours into the shift, the call's still pending. And then some, some poor sap gets fucking roped into it. And then at the end of the shift, they're like, hey, sorry you caught that. I was just so busy. And it's like, no, we all fucking know what you're doing. All of us. The fucking cars have GPS. We know what you were doing. Like, fuck off, dude. I hate we, we had a We had a call like that. None of these guys were FDOs. Or none of them were rookies. But they were um they were they were up for an assignment right and it was some shit i can't remember what the assignment was but it was like foul odor you know it was one of those assignments where you just i don't don't want to go to this nobody wants to go it's gonna be a shit assignment or like um so i don't know where it is anywhere anywhere else but in in dc if you're a, a missing person is quantified by an adult that doesn't know where another adult is like I swear to God, they're like, if you, so, oh, if you and I lived together and you walked out the door and I didn't know where you went in 10, like two minutes after you walked out the door and you're like, I don't know where he went. I, I just you want you to know if we lived together, I would tell you everywhere I went. I wouldn't want you to be. <laughs> well, if you didn't, I could call the police and say you're missing and they would have to go and do a report. I'll get fucked. That's I swear to God, I have been on multiple missing persons where the person's walked in the door and be like, oh, no, I just, you know, ah. you know like, and for us, you know, I, I mean, you have to call the hospitals, you have to call the coroner, you have to like make all these, you know, it, like, you have to, I'm standing there for like 45 minutes making phone calls to make sure you're the missing person is not dead somewhere and searching the house, you know, for all of this shit. It's a pain in the dick, right? But anyways, I'm getting off track. So it could be, it could have been that, could have been whatever. <laughs> they were up for this call. And all of a sudden you just hear the dispatcher. He's like, he's like, unit, unit, unit. What, what, what are you, do- what are you doing? What are you doing? And we're like, oh, what the hell? <laughs> the unit quick, like saw the assignment, saw that they were next up for it. And we're like, oh shit, traffic stop, traffic stop, traffic stop. Hit the button like seven times. <laughs> and the dispatcher had to like, ding, 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 crash their system <laughs> they were trying to put themselves on a traffic stop instead of handling this assignment <laughs> you know and that's that's an age-old battle like i hate when people are like well you know I, I i don't have time for these calls that's for the beat car you know i'm a, I'm a whatever kind of cop and it's like to me if you're a good cop you're well-rounded you can go yep. into your calls and you can go out and do the fucking proactive interdiction, whatever, whatever you like doing. But like, to me, at least this is just me, maybe I'm old school, but like the people calling you for help, we let's go to those first. You know what I mean? Unless, I mean, if there's something stupid, it is what it is. But I mean, I, I hated that one. You know, some like, think about this. If your daughter was sexually assaulted and then there's just some scumbag that doesn't want to fucking come take the report and you have to sit and wait. Fuck that, dude. Fuck that. Dude, I, I don't like taking those reports like the next guy, but I'll fucking volunteer for him because I want it done right. You know what I mean? Because I, I think about like, you know, what if that was me and my daughter, you know, somebody I knew. So I, um, I don't know if I'm going to get this right. Is it empath, empathy, empathy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. The pains, yeah. the pains of empathy. 
Yeah, you can I get should... later. You can get, you know, you can get whatever you want later. Like fucking, I don't know. That's just me though, and that that can be an argument as old as time. Oh, and I get there's there's a cop for everything, right? Like there's some oh. cops that I'm like, I don't want that dude fucking going to my mom's house, but fuck, do I want him in a fight? Or you know oh, what I mean? Absolutely. Or, I like, I know a guy. <laughs> I would love for him to go and handle a call with you know my family because i know he he doing an investigation but i'm like i don't know that i would want to be in a fight with him so i i know a guy yeah we work 10 hour shifts now i know a guy that does not eat he eats right before work so that he does not have to eat at work so that he can spend his whole time doing proactive police work instead of eating that's next level that's next level yeah. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to lie. As time went on, like I took more and more lunches. Cause I was like, <laughs> fuck this shit. I'm getting Chipotle. Fuck y'all. Oh, hell yes. Oh, oh man. I, I, I'd be one of those crybabies. I'd be like almost a Chick-fil-A and then a call would come out and I'd be like, <sighs> at my fucking MDC. Like, no, motherfucker. No, 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 no. See, you just accept it. You read the notes. And as, as long as it's a priority three, Oh, disorderly. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'll go to that. I'll go to that as soon as I'm done getting my Chick-fil-A. The Lord's chicken. Hey, man, so I got a question on here uh, that's probably more related to you than me. Spell it asked, uh, I have family in Virginia, and I'm considering moving there for jobs in the Northeast as I received a job offer by a private law enforcement agency in D.C. that offers pretty solid pay and benefits. I've been itching to relocate for a while now. Any advice on maneuvering to the oh. LE, the LE agencies and DCs? Opinions on the great agencies. And he also says great podcast and hope I'm keeping the sex dungeon tidy, which I am. But go ahead. And uh, so what do you think about the private? And that's something I guess we could talk about is the private agencies. I, that's not something on the West Coast. No. So there's, uh, I mean, I think we mentioned earlier, there's 26 agencies in DC. So there's everything from the, there's, there's my department, there's capital, there's mint, there's park, there's like, and then that's not including like the private sector stuff. So I would say if you, it it really, where, where you want to locate to depends on what you grew up driving. So me, I grew up in the boonies. So I drive a long way to get to work and it is so worth it because when I get home from work, I don't hear about it. There's no noise. There's no nothing. It's just quiet. I don't have to deal with any of the crap that I dealt with at work. So there are plenty of places. Um, a lot of people go 95. I'm not a fan. Um, if you're going to work in DC, I would live in Virginia. And if you're going to live in Virginia, if you want to spend less than an hour commuting, live inside the beltway. I know this is going to sound like a, like foreign <laughs> to you poorly yeah. made. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I'm no. like the beltway in the 95. What yes, the- yeah, yeah, yeah. This is going to sound like gibberish, but the guy that's listening is going to understand, right? If you want to drive less than an hour, move inside the beltway, but you will pay a fuck ton of money. If you are okay with driving more than an hour, if you move outside the beltway, you'll be good. I, I lived in uh, Fairfax for a while and I commuted to Northeast DC and it took me um, like 45 minutes in a car off, off rush hour. Rush hour is going to be an hour. 
Um, that's to answer that question. As, as far as the other agencies go, if you work in DC and you're not my department, you don't do shit. <laughs> yeah, you know. Just to be honest here, I think everybody by now has probably figured out where you work. Yep, and that's and that's fine. Because okay. um, you, you also said it too, which is like, should I edit it out? And I'm like, it was a little slip up. Everybody fucking knows. But well, yeah, yeah. The, my uh, my department is big. There's there's like three thousand officers. Oh, hopefully, there ain't no rats. The same guy asked another question, uh, different topic. And, he, and we kind of touched on this a little, little, little bit, but um, during the riots last summer, how efficiently did all the agencies work together? It was a shock to see federal BOP, DC, I don't know what the hell this is, BOP, DCTs, and SORTs on the streets of DC. Curious to what that was like. So I literally have no idea what the hell they just said, but I will say this. That could be because I'm drunk, but go on. Um, so we had, it was my agency um park police capital police um god who else was out there secret service was out there um there was like a ton of different agencies out there and a lot of times what happened was there are very clear lines in dc where we um where my department operates and where the other departments operate so for instance capital police they cover just like the capital grounds and that's like, God, I don't even know where it is exactly, but let's say it's Constitution Avenue. If you're on the south side of Constitution, you're within their grounds. If you're on the north side of Constitution, you're not in their grounds. So like, I, I don't know. I, I always see the memes and stuff about like, oh, it's on county. Oh, it's on state. No, it's not like that for us. If you're on the north side of the street, it's on you. If you're on the south side of the street, it's on them. What is about the middle of the street? You know what? There is actually... It's in there. So <laughs> if you're in the middle of the street, depending on how they div divide the lines, some of them go to the curb and some of them go to the street. So they don't even decide divide the street in the middle. Oh, they, that's confusing as shit. Oh, it's so fucking confusing. It's even worse because my department does it internally. So we're like, oh yeah, that's on another, that's on another district. You know, send it over to them. And they're like, no, it's not. It's on you guys. Oh, dude, I just feel something mad. So I was a beat cop, and if something was like on the north side of whatever street that was like the boundary to the beat, I'm like, okay, that's in the other beat. Yep. And like it would show up in mine on the cab. I'm like, well, the beat officer is available, they'll see it. And they don't volunteer. And I'm like, you motherfuckers, right? Obviously, oh. like we get paid by the hour, but it's it's a weird thing to get mad about. But if you work on a PD, you know how it works. Here's a fun question that came in, uh, which is related to me, unfortunately. Unless unless you you apparently know my podcast more than I do. Uh, which cat won the fight last episode? I don't um, know. Do you, you don't know? Which, uh, I do not know which cat. However, it sounded pretty vicious. It did. And you guys didn't even get half of it. Like I, I re-listened to it. Um, and I did a really poorly job editing the podcast. <laughs> and you only heard that one part, but it was going for a while. And I'm like, I'm trying to like stay focused. And I'm like, everybody can fucking hear this, right? Like a couple minutes ago, my kids were screaming at each other and i'm like i wonder if that's gonna come over to mike we'll find <laughs> out um i don't know what cat won because they were like in the other room and i couldn't see what was going on um but i'm not sure so Did I'm one leave the, room. The, the cat that won is the one that left the room last probably all right so it's my orange tabby he, there you go he's an old fucker so he's, he's yeah oh 
then there you go. It's usually the old farts, fucking dickheads. I got some weird ass cats, man. That's for sure. Um, so this was a question that came in over Messenger, which is is pretty interesting. Yep. Um, this guy's from Belgium. And here's his question. I've seen lots of police video footage in the U.S. where you work in your own car. And sometimes I see that you're working with a partner. Considering the amazing number, um, at least from a European perspective, of people owning a gun and therefore the high chances of facing someone with a gun during a call, uh, how is the matter? I think what he's asking is um, why is not working in um, pairs preferred in many areas. So do, is your agency, do you guys ride two man or? Yeah. So if we have enough people, uh, I mean, depending on the day, if you can get a two, so we call it, I don't know if you, you guys use 10 codes, but we used, if you were 10, four, that means there's two of you. And if it was 10 99, that means it was just you, right? If they can put you 10, four, they will. But a lot of times, if it's if there's two guys, sorting things out. But PSA is patrol service area, right? If there's only two guys in your PSA, they're not going to put you 10-4. They're going to put you 10-99, so so that they can say that there's two car quote unquote two cars servicing that area, which is fucking bullshit. Because if you go, if there's a 10-4 assignment, you're both going to fucking go. It, it it's a lot of again you see politics um it's it's all it's all a fucking numbers game but of course working 10-4 is always better dc is a little bit easier because how to get this shit um in dc if you're carrying a firearm and i ask you if you're carrying a firearm legally you not only do you have to tell me you have to tell me where it is if i ask you you have to surrender it to me you have to show me your documentation, which is not only the registration, but your concealed carry permit as well. And you basically have to, and on top of all that, if you don't have like the right holster that they want, or you're doing something, or, or the gun is not actually on your card, or all your stuff's not up to snuff, I can actually take your firearm and you have to go to the, the precinct and retrieve it. So my department is super easy. If you have a fucking gun, you're probably not supposed to have a gun. Now it's it's changing a little bit now. I mean, I gotta be honest from my perspective. Um, that's kind of fucked up. I'm a big believer super, in the second amendment. I'm like, super what the fuck? it's super fucked up. And, and we've been doing a lot of training on it lately because there are a lot of people that, I mean, a lot of people commute from Maryland or Virginia and in Virginia, it's super fucking easy to have a pistol permit. Right. So what a lot of people do is they commute from Virginia and they'll get a DC permit. So the numbers of the people with a concealed carry permit have actually gone up in the past year. So they've been changing our training because for like five years, there was actually no concealed carry in DC. You couldn't. That's funny. It was like, yes, it was super fucked up. Like it was actually, it went to the Supreme Court and it took the Supreme Court being like, um, this is super fucking unconstitutional to be like, oh, I guess we're going to have to change our shit now. It yeah. was, we had... When I first came on, they had just changed it from um, the charge being um, uh, unlawful unlawful carry of a firearm to carrying a firearm, like when I got on the department. So for a long time, it was like the charge was just like carrying a firearm. If you had a gun on you, you get charged with that. And then it was like also if you had ammo 
So if you had bullets in your gun, that was the second charge. <laughs> it's DC. Man, that's I can see a whole episode on gun rights. Yeah, Jesus but, Christ. What? But anyways, th- to answer his question, preferably 10-4, yes. However, the big thing with that I, in my experience with gun owners is if you're a legal on gun owner and you see the police, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, yeah, I have a gun on me. It's legal. Who cares? They have no problem telling you where it is, how you got it. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, sure. No problem. It's all legal. You're going to give me my shit back and that's going to be it. You know, and if you don't have a gun on you in DC, a lot of guys don't have the balls to pull the gun out on you. They don't because and that's why like a lot of the shootings that we have um the officer involved shootings we have like maybe two a year we don't have that many of them as of late they've gone up because of criminals getting super bold but my first officer involved shooting in the whole department not me obviously but the first one i heard of was not for like four years on wow that's crazy not not my old department but (laughs) which i mean that's i they're all justified but you know i i guess his question i'll i guess my point or my perspective on it is as far as the guns go i mean there's a lot of guns in america i think that's it is what it is there's a lot and uh i like our rights and i like our freedoms and i like to be able to have a gun i have no problems with like little legal citizens having a gun i remember stopping a car once and guys like hey I just want to let you know I'm a concealed carry permit holder, but I do have a gun on my hip. And I'm like, no problem, man. That's your, that's your fucking constitutional right to have a gun. Oh, yeah. um, it's the guys that you, you know, the, the illegal guns and stuff like that, um, that you got to worry about, you know? And so, I mean, every day you go out there, it's, it's dangerous because there's a lot of guns and there's, you know, obviously it's a violent, you know, I think things to the outside seem a lot more violent than they actually are. Yeah. Um, because, but perception's reality for sure. Now, with that said, things are getting worse. Yeah. Definitely getting worse, way worse. Yeah. Um, as far as riding two man, I think it's a great, great thing. It sucks if you ride with somebody you do not like. Yep. Uh, if you ride with somebody you really enjoy um, being with and you have a good relationship with them, and it's the good, best. It's, it's the, the best. It's, best. It's the best, and it makes the day a whole lot better. Um, but it is double-edged for sure because you know if you get somebody that you don't really get along with and you guys you know it's hard to sit in a car with somebody for 10 hours and you don't have a whole lot of interest and people do the job differently too not incorrectly but yep. there's just people that have a different way of conducting business that works well for them and their personality and that may not may not match you and your personality <laughs> and so that can be difficult sometimes I got another message about the fto stuff and this is pretty yep. Our agency makes FTOs out of guys that can't even make minimum standards. One guy got called in to accept his discipline for not making numbers and standards. And in the same meeting, the LT let him know that they were sending him to FTO school. <laughs> so that that's a big problem. I mean, I, and I'm not going to trash like everybody in my agency, but no. like, I, and I'll admit like guys like me weren't doing it for me. It wasn't worth the money. I really liked being a cop and having my car. And I liked, I liked training people, but I didn't like the threat of having somebody in your car all the time was there. And I'm like, you know, if it was like every once in a while, 
I'd be good with it, but we were always so short or we bring, you know, we're shitting out people through the Academy so quick that like, you're always training. And I'm like, that's not worth it to me. Like, I think that's how you burn out. And that's how you do burn out a good FTOs. And now I'm reading on here. A lot of these agencies don't pay people to do it. That's the most like, so if you're, if, as you call it a, a white shirt, yep. if you, you have to take care of your people that are fucking FTOs yep. and you have to have decent people doing it because if you kind of half-ass it, or if you half-ass it at all and you put in shitty people as FTOs, you're going to continually get shitty cops. Not to say that, you know, I'm not going to say like somebody that goes in might not see, okay, this guy sucks and go on to do great things. That happens all the time. But, you know, if, if people get the wrong impression about police work, because think about it, anywhere you've ever trained, you, you listen to who teaches you, right? Like, okay, this is what they want me to do. This is the guy they've chosen to teach me. This is how I'm going to do something. Yep. That's not flawed logic, right? Nope. Like that's no, a that's, logical conclusion they come to. You you literally, it, a, lot of, a lot of guys, so when you come out of FTO, obviously you're going to make it your own. And my final FTO, he was like, listen, I'm giving you the tools. You have to make this your own. He's like, you can't, because we had scenes where I would, he's like, all right, you handled the X, Y, and Z, you know, and I would try to do it the way he does it and fucking fail miserably, right? Because I wasn't as experienced or whatever. He's like, dude, you got to make this your own. Yes. He's like, I can only teach you how X, Y, and Z or what you can and can't do. He's like, until you make it your own, it's not going to be as easy. He's like, it's going to feel foreign. So like, obviously policing, once you get out of FTO, it's good. You have to make it your own. But that being said, if all you experience is slap work, how do you have any, any semblance of an idea how to do real police work? Like you have no idea. You, you know how to take reports, you know how to do the basic stuff, you know how to come in, answer the radio and leave. But outside of that, you don't know what to do. I mean, we've had scenes recently where like it's just been a fuck ton of rookies and they just like absolutely fucked the scene to high heaven and it's because they haven't had scenes like that where you like do police work and that was actually one of the reasons for us I don't know how other agencies do it you actually have to apply you have to put in like um paperwork as to why you think you should get it then there's like an interview process and there's like all this stuff because now you're getting paid for it so they got to make sure that you're actually going to like be worth the money, right? So when I when I put in for it, it's because I saw people coming out of FDO and we're like, dude, what did you even get taught? Like, why did your why did your FTO not run and gun with you all day? Like, and that I had an FTO tell me because I was like, I don't know if I want to do that. Like you said, it's a lot of work every day. Like you have to do rookie stuff every day. And my buddy that was an FDO, he was like, dude, it's the best. He's like, because you do that, but then you just make the rookie do everything. He's like, all you have <laughs> well, to how do else is- are you going to learn? Right. He's like, all you have to do is supervise. He's like, you get into the good stuff and then the rookie does everything else. He's like, you, he's like, it's the best. He's like, now granted, that's if you get a good rookie. He's like, if you get a shit rookie, it's like, he's like, it sucks. He's like, I'll tell you straight up. It sucks. But that's why I got into it because there were people coming out and they were just terrible. Like you're like, you're terrible. You're a terrible cop. You don't, the, you don't understand how like everything works. Like, I don't know how time on works for you guys, but 
if me and someone with more time on than me are on the same scene, like I'm going to take the initiative because I'm the rookie. Yes. That, that is like, that is a lost thing. Is and and I could again like talk 10 hours on this subject, but I wanted to jump back really quick into as far as like being a rookie is when you're in the academy, like you basically learn like the bare minimum as far as like what it's like. You learn, you know, you learn that if you go through the right academy, you can learn, you can fight through stuff, you can fight through being based, you learn how to shoot, you know how to do this, but you don't actually learn how to do the job. Nope. Right. And if, if, and I feel for the FTOs right now in this environment, but because a lot of states like, every, like Washington, like there's a lot of fucking unknowns. You don't know what's actually like okay to do and what's not because, you know, the, the lawmakers there made such a fuck law. Nope. If I was a cop in Washington <laughs> state, I would believe that that's just me. But, you know, the FTOs are so responsible for making cops cops and showing them and you can't learn everything in, in eight weeks or 12 weeks or however fucking long it is anymore like it takes a lot this job is trial and error and it there's a lot to it and these people they're like oh police training you know you can be a barber you're learning continually for your entire career through either trial and error or through the cat or through you know in service and through outside training like it's continually training and people are like oh we need to defund the police it's just going to get fucking worse. Like if you have a problem with the way things are going, cops need more training. I hate in-service like the next fucking guy. Everybody hates in-service. You need more fucking training. And when you take this shit away from people, it's going to hurt. You know, it's nice to see people now are kind of taking the initiative. Um, you know, there's people like street cop training that do fucking great work and get people, you know, the training, but you know, there's not a ton of that out there. And if your department doesn't let you go, you're fucked. You're fucked as a new guy right now because you're not seeing and getting the exposure to the things you need to see. It's, you cannot, and if you're some new guy and you get on FTO and you fucking think you know everything, you don't and you're wrong and you need to fucking change your attitude. Yep. I mean, in-service in training, we actually recently had an in-service training and like, you're, you're right, in-service training sucks, but our in-service training recently was um people with like firearms and i saw so many people like yoking up dudes that were suspected of having firearms and i was like here comes the empathy thing you know like dude if that was me and i legally was allowed to carry a firearm and i just had the cops like fucking yoking me up off of some shit i'd be pissed off yeah like like what, oh, yeah. Are you guys, like what are you guys doing like everyone like you said you never stop learning how to do this job because it's always changing. The laws are changing. What's legal and what's not legal is changing. Like that part of it, you're always learning how to do it differently. Right. But if, when you come out as a rookie, the thing that we always say about the rookies is like, Oh, we're not sure what the, how the law or policy has changed. Go ask the rookie because, because <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. going to know, they're going to know how MPD changed the policy. They're going to know. There we go. There we go. <laughs> you're out. I'm out. Um, there's a lot of people. They're going to know how we change the policy, but, and they're going to know how they, we change the law, but application is everything. And I think I heard you talking about discretion on the other podcast. Like that's a huge part of the job. Yeah. And it's people like, don't understand that at all. And how knowing, to properly apply that. Knowing when to fuck someone and when to not fuck someone 
is like it is is I would say a huge part of being the police. Yep. Because our job is to enforce the laws, but if you has if you have there's a difference between being a dickhead and fucking up, right? There's a difference between I am willingly, knowingly, and trying to break the law, and they're like, oh shit, man, I like fuck this shit up. Like you're right, I'm so sorry, blah blah blah. Like there are ways that we can change this. I'm getting off topic. Um, you're good, man. This this but, podcast is all about ranting. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, back like in terms of rookie stuff, like you, if you come out, we we've had a couple of rookies that come out and think they know how to just do the job, and every single time a rookie that does that, they don't understand seniority. Every single time. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's. And there's an art to that for sure. Um, so this one just came in regarding FTOs. We're getting really off track with questions. But this is I know, good. right? Christ. Dude, this is fucked up. Um, so my phase three FTO, older guy by me, like 15 years, asked me to drive my personal to his apartment so I can save gas and just leave right from there to our site sector. Well, that day I drove my cruiser to his place. And he keeps me in the car for literally an hour, doors locked, giving me a dad lecture on how the birds and the bees work. And that I'm an attractive female and to expect my male counterparts to hit on me, leave marriages for me, and possibly distract me from doing my job. Then follows up by telling me how shitty his marriage is and how he missed he could meet uh, someone like me who would be perfect for him. While sitting in front of his fucking apartment, I'm green as can be terrified and just wanting to go home. And this would start in on what would later become my work related reliance on wine. God damn it. Don't be a fucking scumbag. That right. is scummy fucking shit. What a fucking douche. I hate that. Okay. God, I hate that shit. We, we've had plenty of those. <laughs> I'd be lying. You can actually, Jesus, you can actually look up who had what officers have restraining orders against other officers that's embarrassing yes like super fucking embarrassing um ah, that i don't i don't understand that portion of it like if you're an fto i get i don't i mean getting paid for it is new to my department you know like that that's within the past like year or two but i would say prior to that we had more quality fdos than we do now you know, but if you, like if your your job as an FDO is to make officers better, like that's yeah. literally what you, that's literally what you're there for. Like you want officers to come out and be good cops. If you're not out there trying to make good cops, don't do it. Like if you're if you're, you're only gonna, making things worse. If you yeah, if you're out there doing that, you're only fucking make making things worse for everybody that's on the street. So. No. So here's a good one. Uh, I got a couple of questions and we'll probably wrap it up, but this question came in before we got on and I've been thinking about it and I don't know if I have an answer for it, but let's see if you have an answer for it. The best time on the job, like your best day ever at work. And then why? Oh, geez. My best, my best day. And, and the answer to, uh, and I was also given the caveat that I can't say the day I left. <laughs> to be honest with you i didn't even know the last day i worked i didn't know was my last day uh i went home one weekend and i was like yeah no this i can't do this shit no more <laughs> um ah, jesus christ um 
So I would say my best day is not really one day. It's more of like a couple of days because it happened over like a time period, right? But I actually, when I was on the riots, I told the story a couple of times to people that were being dickheads to me, right? You know, because you're, oh, why did you want to be the police? You want to fuck people over? Like, no, because you want to actually want to help people. Perfect example. This is probably one of my best days, um, which is sad because it starts with a shooting. Um, I respond to a shooting. Guy literally gets shot in the head. Got like softball sized lump in the back of his head, right? Me and my partner start helping him out, get medics called, secure the scene, blah, 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 do all that stuff. Um, guy gets taken off. I go start interviewing people, blah, blah, blah. I end up coming on the coming up on the guy's grandfather, right? The guy's parents weren't in the picture. Grandfather took care of him. And so I kind of, everything was like cleared up. We were just kind of holding the scene, waiting for it to get processed. But grandfather's still standing by. And I was just talking to him, you know, like that, that like that's your family that just got shot. You're going to be concerned. So I'm just, I'm like not thinking about it, just talking to him. You know, every time I saw that guy over the next like couple months, he knew me by name. He thanked me for what I did that day. And he would give me an update on how the guy was doing. The guy ended up living. He um, had to learn how to walk again. He had to do all this stuff. But like the grandfather every day was like, he's like, I sincerely thank you for what you did that day. He's like, he was like, I was really distraught. And he's like, you leveled me out. He's like, and you made that day easier. And I appreciate you. Now, like shit like that is like why a lot of us do the job. It's like days like that, they start off shitty, but they make people's life easier. You know, you saying that, that kind of, I think I do, I can, I guess I can't go and say this was the best day ever, um, yeah. but it's something that always sticks out to me is I was on a, a call one day and I don't, I don't even remember what it was and some BS call and this guy, he, he's watching me from a truck, which that's not, you know, working in some of these areas, you know, that's not necessarily out of the norm is because people are recording you or whatever. So, but after I'm done dealing with whatever, I'm walking back to my car, this guy gets out of his truck and I'm like, oh, here we go. And he goes, Hey man, do you remember me? I didn't remember him at all. And I was like, uh, and we get to talking and I was like, Oh yeah, I, I do remember you. And so what had happened is, um, I had found him like on a bathroom in a park somewhere having an overdose. And I, I, I had a speech that I gave every single OD um, because it's kind of near and dear to me. I, I lost a family member to, you know, drug addiction. And so that shit, like it, it pains me. Right. Cause I hate yep. to fucking see it. People yep. firsthand going through that. So I basically have a speech where I'm like, you need to knock this shit off or you're going to die. Um, you know, I asked him if I have kids and all this shit. And so he's like, Hey man, you, you know, you, you told me all this shit and you said, if I didn't stop, I was never going to see my kids again. And I was going to die. And, um, you know, it really always stuck with me. And, you know, I've been sober for like, you know, 18 months now and I got a car and I got this job and I just, I saw, you know, I recognized you and I wanted to thank you. And that was like, like kind of like an, Oh shit moment. Right. Cause like, I always gave the speech and I never knew if it actually worked. Yeah. Right? Um, it, honestly, dude, if out of all the times I gave that speech, if that was the one dude that it got to, worth it fucking worth it 100 percent worth it man um so here's the the last question and it it's it's for me sorry 
as much as I love you, jacked me off. Um, so, and this guy, I got to give him a shout out. He's been a long time dude that's followed the page for a long time. Uh, he asked if my stress level and generally feeling um, better since I left law enforcement, or do you feel worse? And then also, does your dad give you shit for leaving? So, um, that's kind of a loaded question, but it's a different, it's a different kind of stress, um, to answer the first part of it. Uh, I definitely thought things would go a lot differently for me once I left and don't get me wrong. Um, if I had to go back in a time machine and do it again, even though I've had, you know, a little heartache here and there, I totally fucking do it again because where I worked was a fucking shit show. Now, um, don't, don't get me wrong. There's some fucking great people that work there and I can fucking go to battle with them any day. Um, but that department sucks balls. There's, there's no <laughs> getting around it. Um, and I had some issues with the, you know, how the state was going. And so I left and I love it. I'll be honest. I fucking love it where I'm at. It's peaceful. It's quiet. There's not fucking trash on the highway. I like it. I mean, I like it. It's like a much more peaceful life. Um, has a stress, the stress has changed, but it's like different, different types of stress, right? Where I'm not worried about like, you know, some dude fucking walking up on me in the parking lot or like worried about what's going on at work. Like I have different responsibilities now. And so it, it's different adjusting to that sort of life, right? Where like, you know, I'm, I'm working from home, I'm taking care of the kid, I'm doing this. And I'm, like, I've got a lot on my plate and it's all good shit. Right. But it's, it's just kind of, it's a different, it's adjusting. I think, I think once um, so I would say like, I would say the stress levels down, but it's not unstressful if that makes any sense. Well, I mean, um, you have kids, so yeah. kids, I mean, I, kids are stressful, I man. Cause you, nobody wants like my, my fucking goal in life right now that like the only thing that really matters is taking care of those kids. Right. And yep. so like, cause I don't want to raise a shitty human being and I want them to have a good life. You can't, you can't control everything, right? Like you cannot control everything. You, there's only so much you can control, but you can, do your best to be a good parent. Fuck, I'm not a perfect parent, but I fucking try. Um, so this, hard, this, may, this may ruin you as a parent because it kind of ruined me. Okay. Um, my my dad, um, he told me when we were going to have my first kid, he was like, he's like, you're the most difficult thing that you're going to go through is your only job as a parent. He's like, your job as a parent is to make sure A, that your kids are not assholes and B that you find out what they're good at. He's like all the other like crap, getting them in to do this and these events and all that stuff. He's like, your job is to find out what they're good at and help them apply it to their life. I like that. I was like, Jesus Christ, that's so deep. You know, like, like, you're like, Oh, I want my kid to do this. I want them to have fun with this, but that's just what you did you know right oh yeah like me growing my childhood is a lot different than theirs i can tell you that Um, you know i fucking grew up playing little league and doing all this shit and like you know they just they're not into that same shit that i was into and i've definitely never tried to force them into any of that um like the other day so my daughter is like she's a fucking artist like there's no getting around it like beyond like just like she's little and she likes to paint but like you know she's getting a little bit older and she's just really like gotten a lot better and like, she's been kind of in the doghouse for a little while, but you know, we went to Michael's um, cause I got a scrapbook, which was an adventure in itself. Yes. But, uh, so we go to, we go to Michael's and she's like, can I come in? And, and so, you know, I grab her, you know, I get her a bunch of canvases and shit. And I was like, she's been, you know, she's been in trouble. I was like, 
But here's the thing is like, I'm going to encourage her to fucking do art because she loves yep. it. She's good at it. I don't know what, how that's going to apply later down the road, but I'm not going to like deny her of that. Like, it's not like taking away video games. Right. Right. Like, well, you're being a dick. So I'm going to take away, you know, Fortnite. Um, right. <laughs> it's a little bit different. Um, now the second part of this guy's question is, did my dad give me shit for leaving? He did not. Um, my dad is a good man. He's uncorruptible. And <laughs> he did not give me shit. Like I, I told him when I was like thinking about leaving and he was totally supportive of it. I mean, you know, he, I think he wants me to get back into it and, and I want to get him on the podcast. I probably, that podcast will probably be just me and him. Uh, but I think his story is important to tell. Um, he's like 40 year fucking law enforcement, man. He's nice. Uh, yeah, he's my fucking hero. Uh, and he, he's uncorruptible, right, man. The man always does the right thing. Like there's just, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, you know, I told him what was going on. I said, Hey, I, I don't think I can do this anymore. And he, even though I know that's what he wanted me to do, he was really supportive. And he's like, no, I get it. You know, you're going through a lot of shit. Um, you know, now, you know, every once in a while the conversation comes up and it's like, Hey, what about, you know, these departments where you're living in? Um, <laughs> I, I tell you what, guys, I missed the job for sure. I mean, it's like I said in the last podcast, it's it's a calling. It's not just like, oh, I'm going to go be a cop. Like, yep. and I'm not going to fucking, yeah, I'm going to dog these guys. The guys that join this to be the police department, just like, yeah, I'm going to be a cop for the money or, or whatever reason. Like, you're in it for the wrong shit, man. Yep. You're absolutely in the wrong, for the wrong shit. Yep. Um, I totally like, and I know people are like, well, it's just a job. And it is, um, it's a job. And that's why I left, right? It's because I, I wasn't going to let the job fucking destroy me and destroy my life more than it already had. But at the same time, it is a fucking calling. So I, had, I, w I was told uh, by, by a guy with a lot of time on, of course, it was in the academy. So they're trying to pump you up. Um, yeah, everybody that says it, it's a job, it's a career. It's like, yeah, you get it's a job. You go to work, you get paid. Like it's a career, like, like you said, even though you're not in it anymore, you, know, you miss it. And yeah. when you're doing it, like, yes, there's shitty days and there's good days and there's whatever. I mean, that's one of the reasons that it appealed to me, the monotony of desk work. I was going to die if I had to, <laughs> yeah. if, if I had to do something like that, cause I did it and it was fucking terrible. You know, I would, we'll have to, we'll have to do an episode someday about my fucking, my first career. Fuck my life. That sucked yeah but no i mean law i mean it is i mean even though you deal with kind of the same shit every day it's different enough right yep. there is a variety or something might happen that day or, or whatever i mean um there's just so much to it um it's it's great i mean it's a great gig even though things suck i mean i i'll tell you what if i was like in washington state or anything like that no fucking way god i don't know i don't know how they're doing it out there i mean i thought my shit was terrible I mean, the whole defunding, the whole like, I mean, I think I heard you guys um, on the last podcast talking about reviewing body camera footage to like do reports. We can't do that anymore. That's dog shit, by the way. We're, we're not allowed. I don't, I don't get the, I don't get that rationale. Like they think you're going to like lie in your report. Yeah. Like, yeah. They think you're the gonna... camera shows it anyway. Like <laughs> yes, exactly. our policy was written as like, this is an investigative tool and, you know, review your shit. And to be fair, to be fair, I, uh, I I didn't always review it. 
because, you know, if it's something stupid, but for the most part, you know, if, if I had time, I would definitely, because your perception is different. Right. And, and that yeah. was one thing that always worried me. It's like, what if I remember something differently than that? Yes. Not oh, necessarily because you're lying about it because you no. perception is different and your, you know, your camera is going to get different angles or shit. I've solved cases because I heard something on my camera that I didn't hear a guy say at the time. Right. Yep. So you know, that's, that's fucked up. They took that away from you guys. We we actually, our union came up with a thing where like a little blurb that you put in your arrest reports. Um, because like when you do your arrest, I don't know how to, that's your Gerstein for us. Like you do your arrest pack, packet, that is court paperwork. When you okay. do your arrest, your narrative is court paperwork. So if you put something in there that's incorrect, it's grounds for dismissal. So for us, what they did is they were like, hey, listen, this is the unions. I put this in the top of all of your arrest narratives. This was to the best of my knowledge because the city council has not allowed me to review any of my body worn camera footage before had before like writing this report. (laughs) So because because it's dumb, like, I mean, what if some dude is like, hey, I'm going to take my right fist and I'm going to punch it through your face. And you were like, oh, you put right hand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like. Some douchebag attorney is going to be like, oh, well, that's a Gerstein and that's incorrect. The grounds for dismissal. This is like dumb, like especially when you're when you're trying to quote stuff. So, I mean, that's how we got around it. It's just silly stuff like that. It's just shenanigans. Towards the end of my career, I got a report knocked back. And I don't want to go into too many details about what's in the report, but I basically in my report, I detailed like new state laws and how, you know, certain people don't have our back and shit like that and why I didn't take action. And my supervisor's like, Hey, can we meet up? And I'm like, sure. What about, <laughs> he's like, you know exactly what this is about. And we met and we talked about it. I'm like, I didn't lie in my report. Did I like, that's why I took those actions. He's like, you can't put that in there. And I was like, fuck this. We've, um, we've, we've had a couple of those yeah. such and such supervisor advised me that this is how we were going to proceed. Yeah. You can put that. It's true. You fucking. This is. It's true. It's a, a report. It's a documentation of what happened. This is a, a real thing. But it is what it is. Well, Mr. Jack Meoff, I uh, I greatly appreciate your time. Um, do you have any parting words of wisdom for the million people that are going to listen to this podcast? Uh, let's see. To the millions of people, um, I would say. Actually, this is the one thing that uh, um, that I wish was said that I have not heard anybody in the, in catering to millions of people say, um, that a lot of anyone that experienced what I experienced over the course of the year has agreed with the fact that the events of January 6th are the same exact events that occurred throughout the summer, but at a different location. And if you can't, if you don't agree with one, you can't agree with the other. That's it. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, I. it is frustrating to see basically guys demean other guys like, well, you didn't experience oh. it the same exact way I experienced it. And I'm like, don't we get mad at people when they make generalities like that anyway? Like, no. you it's, can, fu- like you it's fucked or it's fucked, right? It's yep. not, Yeah. Wise man. I like that. Um, so, Mr. Jack Meoff, I appreciate it. Uh, coming up. In a couple days, I'm going to have our friend 10-8 Memes come and join us. That'll be good times. We'll talk about how I smoked him in the meme war. Um, you guys should check out his page. Check out his podcast. It's pretty kick-ass. He gave me a lot of pointers and got me 
going. And then hopefully next week, I've got a fella that you guys may not all know, but you should know. His name's Popo Medic. He's basically C-League donut operator. You should check him out. We're going to try and get him on next week. If you want to be on the podcast, fucking hit me up. We'll try and get you on. If you want to support the page, take care of our sponsors. Um, you can support podcasts. There's a link on it to all the podcasts. You can buy some merch. You can send me some fucking patches because that would be badass. Uh, and the, but the other thing though is before you take care of me, make sure you're taking care of the guys that need it, right? The guys that are, you know, their families that they're not going home to, or if they've got injuries and things like that, just because other people aren't looking out for us, make sure we're taking care of each other. So, um, with that said, uh, we'll see you guys soon. And I love most of you. Bye-bye.